بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء المرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين سورة لقمان سورة السجدة سورة الأحزاب سورة لقمان لقمان the wise or حكيم was an Ethiopian slave who worked as a carpenter he was not a prophet but endowed with deep wisdom and piety Allah named an entire surah of the Quran after him and forever captured his most beautiful methodology of advising his son. In verse 13 to 19, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala relays what Luqman said to his son and intersects it with advice on being dutiful to your parents. Verse 13 says, وَإِذْ قَالَ لُقْمَانُ لِبْنِهِ وَهُوَ يَعِذُهُ يَا بُنَيَّ لَا تُشْرِكْ بِاللَّهِ إِنَّ الشِّرْكَ لَظُلْمٌ عَظِيمٌ and remember when Luqman said to his son when he was advising him, O oh my son, do not join others in worship with Allah. Verily, joining others in worship with Allah is a great dhulm indeed, a great injustice indeed. Now you'll notice that when Luqman speaks to his son, he speaks to him in the most endearing of terms. It's exactly the same expression which Yaqub uses for Yusuf. Ya Bunay. It doesn't just mean my son, it means my beloved son which shows us that tarbiyah, nurturing, developing your children has to be done with love and with terms of endearment. The very first priority for Luqman is the tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone deserves worship and to understand his greatness. Joining others in worship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he is the one who created you, he is the one who sustains you, he is the one who created the world around you to support your life, he is the one who guides you and manages your affairs, he is the one who forgives you your sins, he alone deserves worship. Now to, to, to direct worship which is his sole right to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the greatest injustice we can commit. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then transitions to speaking about parents and the importance of good treatment of parents. And we have enjoined on man to be dutiful to his parents. His mother bore him in weakness and hardship upon weakness and hardship. And his weaning is in two years. Give thanks to me and to your parents. To me is the final destination. Subhanallah, Allah interjected, Allah interjected his advice with the importance of being good to your parents. In fact, in this verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala placed, as in many other verses, gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is linked to gratitude to your parents. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala particularly emphasizes good treatment of the mother for the difficulty she went through in bearing the child. The advice of Luqman continues. Ya Bunaya innaha Ya Bunaya innaha intakumith kala habbatim min khardalin fatakun fi sahratin ofis samawati ofil ardi yati bihallah inna la latifun khabir. O my son, if it be anything equal to the weight of a grain or mustard seed, and though it be in a rock or in the heavens or in the earth, Allah will bring it forward. Verily, Allah is subtle, well acquainted. What a beautiful way of visualizing the Day of Judgment and its reality with simple examples that a child could understand. Ya Bunaya aqimil salata wa'mur bil ma'roofi wanha anil munkari wasbir ala ma'asabik inna dhalika min azmil umur. Oh my son, establish the prayer. Not just pray, but establish the prayer with all its conditions, all its pillars, obligations and prerequisites 
and recommendations and make sure it's done in the correct place. Uh, a masjid, a mosque for the man. Establishing the prayer, not just getting it over and done with and just praying. And enjoying the good and forbid the evil. And Luqman warns his son to be patient with what comes as a consequence. The response and the negative reactions of people when you enjoin the good and forbid the evil. Now Luqman's advice is not just restricted to belief in the hereafter and belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He also speaks about mannerisms and good conduct. وَلَا تُصَعِّرْ خَدَّكَ لِلنَّاسِ وَلَا تَمْشِ فِي الْأَرْضِ مَرَحًا إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُحِبُّ كُلَّ مُخْتَالٍ فَخُورٍ وَاقْصِدْ فِي مَشِّكَ وَاغْضُدْ مِنْ صَوْتِكَ إِنَّ أَنْكَرَ الْأَصْوَاتِ لَصَوْتُ الْحَمِيرِ And turn not your face away from men with pride, nor walk in insolence through the earth. Verily, Allah likes not any arrogant boaster. Luqman is even speaking to the child about his gait, how he walks, how he conducts himself, being moderate in your step. And be moderate in your walking and lower your voice. Verily, the harshest of all voices is the braying of an ass. Luqman is speaking to his child even about the importance of the level of your voice, how you communicate, how you speak to others, being moderate and balanced in the way you do this. Now the verse ends with a description, uh, the surah comes to an end with the description of the five keys of the unseen. Indeed, Allah alone has knowledge of the hour and sends down the rain and knows what is in the wombs. And no soul perceives what it will earn tomorrow and no soul perceives in what land it will die. Indeed, Allah is all-knowing, all-acquainted. Surah Sajda the Prophet ﷺ used to recite Surah Sajda in the first rakah of Fajr prayer on Friday, and he would recite Surah Al Insan in the second rakah. We often consider Qiyam al Layl as an optional extra, but when you recite this Surah, you will understand how important Qiyam al Layl is, the night prayer, the Tahajjud prayer. But Allah describes it as a defining quality of the believers in this Surah. The Prophet ﷺ, when he went from Makkah to Medina, his inaugural speech as the new leader of the Islamic State of Medina, in there he mentioned, وَصَلُّوا بِاللَّيْلِ وَالنَّاسُ نِيَامِ And pray in the middle of the night while people are sleeping. He only made five statements, and one of them was the importance of Qiyam al-Layl. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in verse 15 and 16 says, which includes the sajda tilawa. إِنَّمَا يُؤْمِنُ بِآيَاتِنَا الَّذِينَ إِذَا ذُكِرُوا بِهَا خَرُّوا سُجَّدًا وَسَبَّحُوا بِحَمْدِ رَبِّهِمْ وَهُمْ لَا يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ Only those believe in our verses who, when they are reminded by them, fall down in prostration and exalt Allah with praise of their Lord, and they are not arrogant. تَتَجَافَى جُنُوبُهُمْ عَنِ الْمَضَاجِعِ يَدْعُونَ رَبَّهُمْ خَوْفًا وَطَمَعًا وَمِمَّا رَزَقْنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ they arise from their beds, they supplicate their Lord in fear and aspiration, and from what we have provided them, they spend. They spend time in Qiyam al-Layl, and they spend their wealth, fi sabilillah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, towards the end of the surah, speaks about some of the key qualities you need to be established on the earth with authority. Allah says in verse 24, and we made from among them leaders 
guiding by our command when they were patient and when they were certain of our ayat, of our signs. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes how he made people into leaders, gave them authority on the earth when they fulfilled two conditions. لَمَّا صَبَرُوا When they were patient. Patient in the obedience of Allah, patient in giving up prohibitions, patient in bearing the trials which they will face, and patient with the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When they uh, demonstrated this patience and they had certainty in the ayat of Allah, in the signs of Allah and in the verses of Allah's revelation, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made them imams. Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu said, Verily patience, sabr is to faith as the head is to the body. If the head is cut, the body will perish. Ali raised his voice and he repeated it over and over again. No doubt there is no faith for the one without patience. Sufyan al-Thawri when commenting on this statement of Ali said, When they abided by the head, meaning the most important thing, meaning patience, then they became heads, which literally means leaders. In Arabic, it's a play on the word ru'us. When they did the most important thing, which was being patient, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made them leaders. And in Arabic, the same word ru'us is used. Surah Al-Ahzab Surah Al-Ahzab was revealed in the fifth year after Hijri. And the name of the surah refers to the Battle of the Trench or the Battle of the Confederates. There were three important events which took place in the year. The Battle of the Trench, when all the pagan Arabs got together and surrounded Medina to try and eliminate the Muslims once and for all. And the siege of Bani Quraidah, which was the tribe which had instigated this battle. And the marriage of the Prophet ﷺ to Zainad bin to Jahsh. There's a strong start to this surah emphasizing taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and obedience in the first two verses and not following those who reject faith or the hypocrites and trusting in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. This indicates that some of the orders to come in this surah will be difficult to follow and may concern sensitive matters, not easy to maintain obedience in. Hence these different forms of emphasis. Ya ayyuhal nabiyu attaqillaha wa la tuta'il kafirina wal munafiqeen inna allaha kana aliman hakima. O Prophet, fear Allah and do not obey the disbelievers and the hypocrites. Indeed, Allah is ever-knowing and all-wise. وَاتَّبِعْ مَا يُوحَى إِلَيْكَ مِنْ رَبِّكَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ كَانَ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ خَبِيرٌ And follow which is revealed to you from your Lord. Indeed, Allah is ever with what you do acquainted. وَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ وَكَفَى بِاللَّهِ وَكِيلًا And rely upon Allah. And sufficient is Allah as a disposer of affairs. There is a strong emphasis in this surah on obedience to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu In verse 36, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا كَانَ لِمُؤْمِنٍ وَلَا مُؤْمِنَةٍ إِذَا قَضَى اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ أَمْرًا أَنْ يَكُونَ لَهُمُ الْخِيَرَةُ مِنْ أَمْرِهِمْ أَنْ يَكُونَ لَهُمُ الْخِيَرَةُ مِنْ أَمْرِهِمْ وَمَنْ يَعْصِ اللَّهُ وَرَسُولَهُ فَقَدْ ضَلَّ ضَلَالًا مُبِينًا it is not for a believing man or a believing woman when Allah and his messenger have decided upon a matter that they should thereafter have any choice about their affair. And whoever disobeys Allah and his messenger has certainly strayed into clear error. There are also verses in this surah about the great status of the Prophet ﷺ and the wives of the Prophet ﷺ. The surah begins with a graphic description of the battle of Ahzab, the battle of the trench. And we can appreciate from these verses how difficult a test it was for the companions. They were surrounded by the greatest 
military force ever gathered and assembled. And in their rear, Bani Khuraida, the tribe which they had an agreement would defend the rear of Medina, had betrayed their agreement and were targeting the wives and the, and the children of the companions. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes his great blessings upon the companions when he protected them. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu thkuru ni'matallahi alaykum idha jaa'atkum junoodun fa'arsalna alayhim reehan wa junoodan lam tarawha wa kana allahu bima ta'amaluna basira. O you have believed, remember the favour of Allah upon you when armies came to attack you. And we sent upon them a wind and armies of angels you did not see. And ever is Allah over what you do seeing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes how difficult the test were. Was إِذْ جَاءُوكُمْ مِنْ فَوْقِكُمْ وَمِنْ أَسْفَلَ مِنْكُمْ وَإِذْ زَاغَتِ الْأَبْصَارُ وَبَلَغَتِ الْقُلُوبُ الْحَنَاجِرَ وَتَظُنُّونَ بِاللَّهِ ذُنُونَ Remember when they came at you from above you and from below you and when your eyes shifted in fear and hearts reached the throats and you assumed about Allah various assumptions. There the believers were tested and shaken with a severe shake, shaking. There was actually not much fighting in this battle, but it was a psychological test. It was a battle of nerves. It was two armies facing each other from across the ditch. There were some scuffles uh, and some uh, small pl uh, platoons that crossed over the ditch, but Ali and some of the companions quickly disposed of them. It lasted for a month and was a great psychological trial for the Prophet and the companions. This shows us that Allah will test us to our limit and sometimes the test can really make you shake. But remain firm and remain loyal to Allah and His Messenger and continue to seek help from Allah. In this surah, an ultimatum is given to the wives of the Prophet and the context of this ultimatum is that the wives of the Prophet suffering chronic poverty gathered to ask for a modest maintenance from the Prophet or a modest increase in the maintenance. If you go to the museum of the Prophet in Medina, you will see the, uh, a life-size model of the apartments of the wives of the Prophet You can't even call them apartments. They're tiny, literally tiny um, mud huts, you could call them. The apartments were so small that Aisha reports that I was sleeping in front of the Prophet with my legs between him and the direction of prayer. When he prostrated himself for Qiyam al-Layl, he would pinch me and I would draw up my legs. When he stood up, I would stretch them out again. And at that time, there were no lamps in the houses. She's simply making a point relating to whether touching uh, uh, your wife will break your wudu or not. And this hadith is um, uh, narrated in this, uh, in this chapter of fiqh. But the point is, the Prophet ﷺ was praying in an area so tiny that Aisha anha had to sleep in front of him and then move her legs backwards and forwards so he could make sajda. Have you ever been in a room or prayed in a room which was so tiny that you had to pray literally on top of somebody? This is how small the apartments of the Prophet ﷺ were. Aisha narrates, over two months used to elapse, during which we would have seen three crescent moons while no fire was kindled in the house of the Prophet ﷺ. They asked, what did you eat to sustain yourself? This is now two months without eating any hot meals. And uh, Aisha uh, responded, the two, the two black things, dates and water. Three months used to uh, two months used to pass in the houses of the Prophet where they have no hot cooked food and they are surviving on dates and water. When Umar entered the private apartment of the Prophet he said, there was nothing to return your sight. 
That's an expression in Arabic meaning nothing worth looking at, nothing that you could take note of and be impressed by. And he saw the Prophet ﷺ lying down on a bed made of coarse palm fibers that uh, left marks on his back and Umar began to cry due to the ex- extreme poverty of the Prophet ﷺ. The wives of the Prophet ﷺ gathered to ask for a modest increase in allowance due to the extreme poverty they were facing and verses were revealed in response. In fact, Abu Bakr and Umar, when they heard of this request, were so angered they came to deal with their daughters Aisha and Hafsa, and the Prophet ﷺ stopped them and put them to, uh, and told them to return. And verses were revealed, offering the wives of the Prophet ﷺ the following choice: Ya ayyuhan Nabiyu qul li azwajika in kuntunna in kuntunna turidna alhayat al-dunya wa zinataha, fataalayna umatikunna wa usarrihkunna sarahan jamila. وَإِن كُنْتُنَّ تُرِدْنَ اللَّهُ وَرَسُولَهُ وَالدَّارَ الْآخِرَةَ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ أَعَدَّ لِلْمُحْسِنَاتِ مِنْ كُنَّ أَجْرًا عَظِيمًا O Prophet, say to your wives, if you should desire the worldly life and its adornments, then come. I will provide for you and give you a gracious release. But if you should desire Allah and His Messenger and the home of the hereafter, then indeed Allah has prepared for the doers of good among you a great reward. They were given the choice of being relieved from this marriage and this life of difficulty and perhaps seeking a more uh, a comfortable lifestyle. But each one of them, the Prophet ﷺ gave this choice starting with Aisha and each one of them, Allahu Akbar, chose Allah and his messenger and the home of the hereafter. Also in this verse, our social in this surah, are social etiquettes of dealing with the household of the Prophet ﷺ and not to stick around not to remain, to make noise and annoy the Prophet ﷺ. And not when you, when you are invited to the home of the Prophet ﷺ, to let your vision start wandering around and looking. There is in this surah the verse of Jilbab, similar to Surah An-Nur, uh, similar to Surah An-Nur in verse 59, Allah Taala orders the Prophet, his wives and his daughters and the women of the believers to bring down their garments, uh, to bring down over themselves their outer garments. This is more suitable that they may be known and not be abused and Allah is ever forgiving, most merciful. In this surah is the uh, description of the Prophet's marriage to Zainab bin Tujahsh. Zainab bin Tujahsh was from the family of the Prophet's um, uh, was um, uh, a, the daughter of his paternal aunt. And she had married Zayd ibn al-Haritha. Zayd ibn al-Haritha was the freed slave who used to be so beloved to the Prophet ﷺ. They used to call him Zayd ibn Muhammad. They used to like call him the adopted son of the Prophet ﷺ until a verse was revealed prohibiting this form of changing people's names and lineages. He was a great leader and held in high esteem and beloved to the Prophet ﷺ. And even his son was known, Usama, as the son of the beloved. The Messenger of Allah never sent uh, Zayd on a campaign except he appointed him as a commander. And Aisha radiallahu said if he had lived after him, he would have appointed him even as a Khalifa. The Messenger of Allah had married Zayd uh, to Zainab bin Tujahsh. But after a year, there were some marriage problems and Zayd complained to the Prophet And Zayd told, uh, the Prophet told Zayd to stay with your wife and have taqwa of Allah. But a verse was revealed informing the Prophet ﷺ that in fact he will be the one who will be marrying Zainab bin Tujahsh. And Zayd continued with his divorce. 
ويتقول للذين أنعم الله عليهم وأنعمت عليه أمسك عليك زوجك واتق الله وتخفي في نفسك ما الله مبديه وتخشى الناس والله أحق أن تخشى فلما قضى زيد منها وطرا وزوجناكها لكي لا يكون على المؤمنين حرج في أزواج أدعيائهم إذا قضوا منهن وطرا وكان أمر الله مفعولا And remember when you said to the one whom Allah bestowed favor and you bestowed favor upon meaning Zayd keep your wife and fear Allah while you concealed within yourself that which Allah is to disclose and you feared the people while Allah has more right that you should fear him so when Zayd had no longer any need for her meaning when she, he divorced her we married her to you in order that there not be upon the believers any discomfort concerning the wives of their adopted sons when they no longer have need of them and ever is uh, the, uh, allah accomplished with what a uh, command and ever is the command of allah accomplished what was what, what was it that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was concealing the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was concealing a fear that he would be ordered to marry uh, zainab and people would mock him and say oh you married the wife of your adopted son but allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to make clear that there is no such prohibition and that zaid is not the adopted son of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam So he ordered the marriage to take place and the marriage took place without a wali a guardian without any witnesses even why because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was the one who ordered this marriage and Zainab used to boast to Aisha and the rest of the wives that Allah was my wali who conducted my marriage from above the seven heavens but then of course Aisha was not going to take that So she said Allah is the one who revealed 10 verses Allah is the one who revealed verses regarding my innocence in surah an-nur Hada wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh